0: Chapter Twenty One of Sarah the Cruel. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Florence Short. Sarah the Cruel by Joan Conquest. Chapter Twenty One. At the close of night, the cries are heard. Arabic proverb yusuf with his back against the door of ralph trenchard's hut lifted his face to the star bestrewn sky he waited he waited for the striking of his hour of revenge which had been fixed by fate in the beginning of time he waited imperturbably for allah in his compassion and wisdom to remove the nubian who sat cross-legged and contemplative and to all appearances absolutely unmovable by his side Alasad sat leaning slightly forward looking into the shadows with dreamy half-shut eyes then turned his head and listened as though above the distant noise of the men's shouting and laughter some sound had reached his ears camels he said softly camels going out methought our brothers were having their fill of wrestling yusuf also had heard the sound of a dromedary grunting its disapproval as it made the steep ascent. But no sign of his inner perturbation showed on his placid, mutilated face. Sarah the Merciless makes ready for the white man's journey into the desert tomorrow. Our brethren of the stables even now revile her shadow, for instead of loading the dromedaries with water-skins and provender, they would try their strength against bow legs who in his vanity swears by the wind that no man can excel him in the games taught by the white man Alasad laughed scornfully as he rose to his feet swallowing the bait which hung from the line fate dangled in front of him for his removal Bowlegs. he spoke in infinite scorn as he pulled himself up to his full height and laughed again as he caused the muscle to ripple up and down his arms twere well to show the little man with legs even as round as thy turban that there is one who can spike him upon his finger thinkest thou yusef that the white maid will lose her golden covering at the rising of the sun twere a pity to my mind to mutilate such beauty in a woman even if she be sent to the slave market to ease the tiger cat's jealousy. Yusuf pulled at his hubble-bubble, making no sign of his longing to accelerate his companion's departure. Methinks the beautiful Sarah spoke in haste and in anger. Perchance she is tired of her white playthings and yearns for a master. Thinkest thou, who hast learned much wisdom in thy blindness, that she will come to love me? Alisad asked eagerly. Yea, she loves thee even now. Thou art her real mate. The great tiger cats mate with one another, my son. And were it not wise to stay here for fear that thou art bested by bowlegs and that the news of thy defeat is carried to her? He showed no sign of his intense satisfaction when the Nubian, primed with the desire to reduce bowlegs to shreds, ran laughing down the path strong in the fatalism of the east yusuf sat on pulling calmly at his hubble-bubble waiting for the striking of his hour and made no answer to a slight hissing sound which came from behind the rocks instead he rose slowly and pushed open the door of the hut and with the oriental's love of elaborate detail where intrigue is concerned shouted at ralph trenchard thou infidel thou white dog sleepest thou hast thou no bowels of compassion for the white woman dost thou leave her here to work as a slave without an ache in thy heart of stone ralph trenchard sprang up and crossed the hut quickly at the blind man's beckoning finger mine eyes waits without to lead you by the hidden path to where the dromedaries stand yusuf whispered nay speak not tarry not there is little time to spare the dromedaries must be but specks upon the horizon when the men cease their games to seek their slumber trenchard wrapped himself in the burnous yusuf offered him and followed him to the door where they stood for a moment in the shadows listening to the shouts of the men which came startlingly clear on the night air fights with the lion whispered yusuf now is the moment chosen by allah for the escape mine eyes will lead you to the dromedaries and i will go to fetch her excellency to carry her over the dangerous places and down the steep path to where love and happiness will await her but if the arabian does not sleep how then then you must go to her and break her neck to save your own woman what is she this daughter of two races we tire of her if she dies he who will govern in her stead will be chosen by the casting of lots hasten excellency for we know not at what hour the medicine of sleep was administered unto the tiger-cat also do the women who hate the white woman and who are the yeast wherewith this trouble has been fermented rise early to be about the business of the new day trenchard wrapped in their burnous followed yusuf as he made his way without hesitation to the spot where his eyes sat in the shadows yusuf whispered the dumb youth's name and questioned him and nodded his head in satisfaction when the youth in the code they had invented tapped the answers to the questions upon his friend's arm all is ready excellency yusuf spoke as calmly as if he discussed a pleasure trip to the nearest oasis nabla waits at the edge of the sands of death the camels are well laden with water and bread for many days they are the swiftest in arabia renowned from hadremota to oman bread and oman they will need no drink for ten days if there is none to spare namla accompanies you and-and you yusuf you're coming with us we can't leave you behind to face the racket you have got to come your eyes can't let his mother go without him yusuf smiled and shook his head and laid his hand upon the dumb youth's shoulder who also smiled and shook his head excellency not for ten thousand golden lira would i be away from the camp when the tiger-cat learns of the flight a piece of news for you white man who comprehends not the guile of this woman of mixed blood did you think she had tired of you nay by the beard she loves you even a hundred times more for your refusal of her love she sends you to harik after the rising of the sun only to follow you and to beguile you in the solitude of the red desert there is no leech that clings so close to its victim as a woman to the one she loves but who does not return that love there is no trick she will not descend to no lie she will not utter no promise she will not make with no intent to keep to gain her end this is the commencement of my revenge the end excellency will be the death of her who blinded me i have waited for this revenge these many years even from the moment when the sun faded from my sight i and mine eyes will follow you and if we do not overtake you by the noon then place yourself in nomless keeping she is of the desert born he raised his right hand and turned his sightless face to the skies may allah guide you and keep you and bring you to everlasting peace trenchard stood for a moment to watch the blind man make his almost miraculous way through the rocks which skirted the west end of the plateau then turned and followed the dumb youth who smiled and nodded his head in his delight at the trick which was being played upon the arabian and namla rose from where she sat in the shadows thrown by the three dromedaries hobbled at the commencement of the hidden path across the quicksands and pressed her hand against her forehead in humble salutation and smiled up at her son and laughed softly in the delight she also felt at the way the beautiful Zara was being duped. Within the hour, she might have to give her life in her fight for the liberty she had lost some years back when captured in the desert, or she might lose it in saving that of the white woman she had grown to love. But with all the Oriental's fatalism, she had resigned herself to liberty or to recapture to life or death allah had decided the result in the womb of time kismet yusuf's eyes pressed the back of his hand against his forehead then bent and touched ralph trenchard's foot as a sign that he was willing to serve the white man to the end whilst namla smiling all over her homely face translated the gestures the dumb boy made as he tried to make Trechard understand he says excellency that before the sun is above our heads at noon he will have guided the blind one to you upon the path we shall have made across the desert he loves you for your gentleness and strength o man of the great white race and praise you to succour Yusef if aught should befall him before he reaches the great city of damascus which is his home and my home trenchard raised his right hand and made his oath after the manner of the arabs before my god who is thy god i swear to make myself responsible for the comfort welfare and happiness of the three who have so befriended me and mine i swear that my descendants unto the father's generation shall befriend thy descendants so that in some small way i shall pay my debt of gratitude he smiled down at the enraptured little woman let us sit awhile whilst we wait come namla tell me of the life thou wilt lead in damascus with thy people the stillness of the night was broken by the grumbling of the dromedaries the distant shouts of the men and the body woman's whispered words as she told him of the house she would buy or rent in the bazaar with rugs upon the floor and many brass pots and pans of her own filled with milk and butter from her own kind and when her excellency returns to arabia then will Nemo wait upon her she said smiling at the thought being sure with the fatalist's conviction of a happy ending to the flight then will her golden hair once more glisten like the silk in the sun which makes of the bazaar a paradise she paused for a moment as she drew out a packet wrapped in a cloth we have gifts which perchance his excellency in his goodness will allow his humble servants to present to the sit upon her marriage as a token of the gratitude the servants have in their hearts for the gentleness of the white people trenchard took the packet removed the cloth and looked at the exquisite golden kerchief by jove what a beautiful thing he exclaimed namla smiled and nodded her sleek head at his genuine admiration it is woven of your excellency's hair helen's hair he turned to yusuf's eyes as a youth pressed something hard and heavy into his hands speaking by gesture which his mother translated his fine teeth gleamed and his beautiful eyes flashed as he watched trenchard remove the wrapping from the heavy object however did you get this trenchard cried as he delightedly turned his own automatic over in his hand and released the full clip The mistress and may allah guide a bullet to her black heart commanded the patriarch who is the oldest amongst us and possessed of a very devil of gaming to guard the weapon of death for your departure excellency the old one barefoot of his last piaster and of the very camille from about his shrunken old body did lose the weapon in a bet to my son when you did wrestle with and overthrow the nubian trenchard tried to express his delight at the gifts upon which with all the arab's genuine and world-famed hospitality the two natives offered him all they possessed my son whispered namla will live with me in the bazaar yea and with us will sojourn yusuf his friend the blind one will sit peacefully in the sun until he find a wife to take pity upon him whilst his eyes even my son will sell the steel of damascus inlaid with gold to the faithful and to the infidel our home will be humble O white man but our food and our drink our raiment and our couch will be for you and her excellency if your excellencies should see fit to honour our humble dwelling and i she stopped suddenly and held up her hand as she listened to the sound of a dog barking it barked angrily at which sound the little woman shook her head verily tis a dog she whispered when the blind one shall have carried her excellency safely by the steep and dangerous path which is midway between here and where zara the merciless sleeps then will he bark thrice and in all the kennels there is not one who can say if it be a dog which barks or yusuf methinks he is overlong upon the road. She clasped her hands together upon her faithful heart. Has mischance befallen them? Does your excellency think that mischance causeth him to tarry? Thus, mischance did not cause Yusuf to tarry. Seated in the shadows beneath the window through which Namla had spied upon the Arabian and Alisad, he waited calmly for the moment of his revenge there was utter silence and stillness inside the building no sound of voice or movement gave use of any indication as to what had taken place in the last hour neither in his blindness had he any means by which to find out if the arabian slept or if she lay awake upon the divan watching the stars through the doorway he sat as immovable as the fate to which as an arab he was resigned and he made no movement when sarah's mocking laugh suddenly broke the silence helen sat on the floor with her back against the wall the light from the lamp shining on the golden curls which were to be shaven on the morrow a shaven crown the hindoo widow the vision of bald pate seen in the mirror twixt the curtains of the hairdresser's cubicle the asfogel sitting disconsolately on its perch in the zoological gardens she shivered as the pictures flashed across her mind Sarah, lying like a tiger behind the golden bars of her elevated bed laughed when helen suddenly clasped her head in uncontrollable horror twisting her fingers in her curls and she laughed again when the white girl sprang to her feet and stood looking up with a world of rebellion in her eyes do you remember my vision helen dear school friend she said mockingly in arabic when i saw you in the dust at my feet and the white man coming towards me verily will you be in the dust to-morrow and so covered therewith that my children will walk upon you and cleanse their feet and sandals upon your raiment you fool she slid her feet over the edge and stood upright upon the fourth step straight slender and very beautiful then balancing herself upon her precarious foothold with outstretched arms descended slowly and walked to where helen stood against the wall she laughed as she looked at helen's golden curls i hate you helen i hated you the first time i saw you in cairo when you tried to show your superior breeding to the contemptible half-caste i did not you whose grandfather was of a caste of water-carriers whilst my father's fathers dwelt in the shadow of the great pharaohs and my mother at the court of spain The white man shall see you with your shaven crown then when the picture of your bald head is set for eternity in his mind so that waking or sleeping he will laugh at the thought of you i will ride out to meet him in the desert to sit with him under the moon to talk with him until dawn to sing to him until his eyes close in dreams of my beauty you fool to pit yourself against me helen smiled as she looked at the arabian from head to foot she was sick with fear of the morrow and sick with disappointment at the absence of all sign of help but she smiled with the indomitable spirit of the splendid race from which she sprang she took no notice of zara when she stretched herself upon a divan in a corner of the room nor of the body women when they passed her laughing derisively and making signs of contempt with their expressive fingers she watched them descend the steps and involuntarily listened to the jokes they bandied amongst themselves about the ceremony of shaving which would take place at the waking of their mistress at the rising of the sun then sat down with her back to the wall hoping against hope for a sound or a sight of namla or yusuf as there could be no doubt as to zara's intention of carrying out her threat the situation was desperate and the help promise seemed so vague hanging upon the chance that the arabian would ask for sherbet or coffee before she went to sleep if she went to sleep she was just as capable of staying awake the whole night smoking her nagula or countless cigarettes without touching food or coffee as she was of sleeping without stirring until dawn and if she called for coffee and drank it drugged and slept what then what could namla a humble slave do even if she connived with yusuf to further their escape bring me sherbet instantly yusuf made no movement as the words came to him through the window helen's heart beat heavily as she prayed for help in her hour of great need now god help me now She whispered as she rose slowly and crossed the room to the corner where she prepared the drinks or messes of sweetmeats the arabian consumed frequently in the night with her back to her tormentor she pulled the flask which contained the drug from inside her belt and unscrewed the tight-fitting top and with steady hand dropped ten drops into the golden goblet which sarah loved on account of its barbaric jewelled stem in the name of allah was a snail included in your parentage or are your fingers as heavy as your wits you will fetch but a poor price with your clumsiness and shaven crown hasten or by the prophet's beard i will lower your price still further by marking your shoulders with the whip helen slowly crossed the room carrying the tray with the goblet filled to the brim with sweet frothing drink and offered it to the arabian who sat up suddenly making a quick savage gesture with both her hands do you think such arrogance suits a slave the prisoner's fate trembled in the balance as for one brief second helen consumed with a desire to fling the goblet in the beautiful mocking face grasped its jewelled stem then remembering that the victorious or disastrous ending of the attempt to escape depended entirely upon her she knelt and stirring the sherbet with an ivory spoon offered the tray on uplifted hands to keep her kneeling zara drank slowly whilst helen half closed her eyes under the agony of her suspense there was no sign in her face of her terror when with but a drain to drink zara sniffed at the goblet scowled and flung it to the farther end of the room thereby drinking one drop too little of the drug have you not learned how to mix so simple a drink as this she raved inelegantly wiping her beautiful mouth with the back of her hand were it not that my women taste all that you touch and replace all that you have touched every hour and likewise that none but my women approach you or have speech with you i would swear by the prophet that you had put something in my cup bring me coffee hot and strong in the big bowl hasten lest i summon the black women to teach you the real meaning of speed helen's heart sank she had no idea of the potency of the drug or the time required for it to take effect but she knew the stimulating effect black coffee had on the arabian and how once she had drunk a bowlful of it she would pass a sleepless night reading or smoking or roaming about the camp paying surprise visits to the kennels and to her people's quarters she spent long precious minutes in fanning the brazier which burned brightly behind a screen, casting fleeting glances towards the divan to see if the arabian showed any sign of somnolence. Sarah sat cross-legged, looking through the doorway at the stars, and showing as much sign of sleep as an angry cat. She turned and frowned at Helen when she clattered various brass pots and pans making a great to-do so as to waste still more precious moments over the intricate process of brewing the sickly sweet arabian coffee bring the coffee sarah shouted suddenly swinging her feet to the floor and half rising from the cushions helen placed the brass pot the porcelain bowl and a smaller bowl of scented water upon the silver tray looked over her shoulder at the arabian and caught her breath sarah yawned widely heavily the whole future depended upon the next five minutes her future the future of the man she loved another few moments and sarah the cruel might be asleep yet what excuse could she make for wasting those precious moments everything was ready on the tray it would take but a moment to cross the floor and another five perhaps ten for the strong hot black coffee to be drunk and to react against the drug and then farewell to all hope of escape must i come and fetch it myself helen moved forward carrying the tray sarah glared at her and yawned until it seemed her scarlet mouth could not bear the strain the coffee she said slowly and rubbed her eyes just as helen with a sharp cry twisted her foot sideways pretended to recover her footing and let fall the tray and its contents with a loud clatter to the floor sarah sprang to her feet with a shout of rage which ended in a yawn staggered forward a step or two swung sideways and fell back across the divan where she lay peacefully sound asleep helen lay perfectly still so as not to attract the arabian's attention in any way then assured that she slept soundly gathered herself up and stole across to the divan oh yusuf if you were only here she said as she stood looking down at the sleeping girl wondering what step she should take next then turned to look out at the night sky outlined against the sky yusuf stood in the doorway she ran to him and touched his arm whereupon he smiled as best he could for the distortion of his mouth and put his hands to his forehead lips and heart she sleeps yusuf soundly i gave her ten drops helen whispered the words though she might have safely shouted them aloud for all the effect they would have on sarah does she lie at ease excellency if not stretch her forth as though she passed the night in natural sleep let nothing cause her fret and thereby hasten her waking helen crossed to the divan and looked down at the merciless girl who had no pity for man or beast she lay full length in the exquisite raiment she had worn for the tournament her face half hidden in her arm smiling like a child in her sleep helen watched her for a moment then drew a satin coverlet over the arabian's feet glanced round the room moved slowly round the walls blowing out the lamps which hung from the silver sconces and returned to yusuf i will carry your excellency down the steep unused path for fear that some of those who wrestle with each other might see you come I will lead you to where your lover waits, even I, blind Yusef. Helen put her hand in his and looked back at the woman who had tried her best to humble her to the dust and failed. She touched her curls and smiled involuntarily at the thought that neither the daily round of menial tasks nor the threat of death had frightened her, as had the threat to shave her head. I shall never be able to thank you, Yusef she said as he lifted her into his arms and carried her across the broad ledge upon which the holy fathers had built the dwelling-place put your arms around my neck excellency for in times of stress must custom and thought of race vanish i will hold you on my left arm my right hand knoweth every jutting rock My feet every stone upon this path. Shut your eyes, Excellency, For they say that one with vision Would not dare to tread this road. We must hasten, for who knows If the tiger-cat will not waken neath the urging of her hate-filled mind. Your arm about my neck And your heart full of courage Until the waning of the morning star When you and your lover Will be far upon the road To freedom and happiness." helen did not shut her eyes and until the end of her life she never forgot the descent certain of every inch of the path rendered as sure-footed as a goat through the blindness which had uprooted the dread spectre of fear from his mind feeling with his feet clinging with his hand climbing scrambling dropping safely upon the narrowest foothold Yusuf carried Helen safely by the hidden and almost unnegotiable path to where the dromedaries lay in the shadows. Just once he stopped to give the prearranged signal. "The sit, Excellency," he said briefly, as Trenchard sprang towards him and took Helen into his arms. "Helen, my beloved, you at last!" He let her slip to her feet and crushed her up against his heart, whilst the arabs busied themselves with the camel's packs dearest whispered helen as she lifted her radiant face to his i began to think i should never see you again we must hasten excellencies life stretches before you full of hours of happiness these moments are fraught with danger mine eyes and i will follow you or not as wills allah the one and only god of mercy and compassion i will lead her excellency's camel across the hidden path mine eyes will lead yours your excellency namla desert-born will ride her own wilt thou not sister namla laughed softly she was helping her son to tighten knots and to fasten the loads upon the camel's backs still more securely yea brother that will i i would cross the desert on foot to escape from the claws of the tiger-cat all is ready excellency a water-skin each and much bread and many luscious dates coffee and the wherewithal to make many cups a tent for the noonday heat to the northeast, and then due north his excellency says and may allah guide our feet and thy feet o blind brother to liberty and peace trenchard and helen made one last effort to induce yusuf and his eyes to join them now's your chance yusuf it seems so much like running away to leave you to face the row by yourself come with us Yusuf. helen laid her hand on the blind man's arm as she spoke you and your eyes she laid her other hand on the dumb youth's arm standing linked to them in a friendship that was to endure a lifetime Excellencies, replied Yusuf, before Allah I would rather pass my life in prison than miss the tiger cat's rage when she finds you gone. Behold, the calmness of the white people when in the midst of danger has won our hearts and will pass as history down the generations. Not by word or sign have you showed fear or anger, thereby, with the mercy of Allah, winning your way to freedom nor he added with a smile do the white people waste overmuch time in rejoicing or protestations of affection have a little patience Yusuf," said helen as she righted herself after having swayed backwards and forwards and bent this way and that in answer to the movement of the camel as it lurched to its feet with considerable lamentation and sounds of wrath wait until we come out to damascus to visit you then we will all rejoice together won't we ra rather said ralph trenchard as he leant over and took helen's hand and kissed it then let it go as yusuf led her camel forward having found his direction by turning his face to the night wind as he touched the spear not a word excellencies he said when the three camels stood in a line upon the narrow path upon each side of which lay a terrible death the wind plays strange tricks with sound from the spot carrying at times the spoken word from the quicksands to the rocks which increase it a hundredfold until the camp is filled with whispering allah grant that the dogs do not bark and waken the tiger-cat until dawn and that my brothers cease not their games until i am seated once more without the empty hut helen turned and smiled at her lover and leant sideways and waved her hand to the devoted body-woman who in her placidity looked as though she were embarking upon a picnic instead of a dash for liberty across the desert the mountains towered behind them grim and menacing the desert stretched silvery and peaceful under the stars the quicksands lay on each side of their hidden path still and treacherous yusuf walked ahead leading helen's camel his eyes followed namla came last looking as must have looked ruth or naomi or any other woman of the scriptures the great beasts as they stepped off the hidden path on the safety of the desert sands were urged into line with namla between helen and her lover namla will ride three paces in front excellency said yusuf ride at fullest speed until the first ray of the sun breaks through the clouds of night keeping the great star behind the right shoulder then guide yourself by the sun as i have instructed you and may allah have you and yours in his keeping i and mine eyes will overtake you if it is the will of allah whose prophet is mohammed the camels moved forward slowly then gathering speed sped across the desert yusuf in his eyes waited at the beginning of the path until the faint sound made by the beast's huge feet upon the sand died away altogether, then turned and, Yusuf leading, retraced their steps across the hidden path. Allah guide them, little brother, for behold, my heart is soft towards those white people of great courage. Go thou and pit thy strength against that of the half-caste lion so that his suspicions are not aroused whilst i sit here to await the awakening of sarah the beautiful he sat cross-legged before the door of the empty hut from which if he had had eyes he could have seen the tombs of the holy fathers he sat calmly patiently resigned to fate until as the sky lightened way down in the east a dog then another and then a many began to bark. They barked without ceasing, whilst the groom stirred in their sleep, and the voices and laughter of the men died down as they stopped to listen to the noise. Knowing that the barking of the dogs never failed to waken Zara, Yusuf raised his sightless face to the heavens and offered a prayer of thanksgiving. The hour of his revenge was at hand. End of chapter 21